culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach on all of the social meds. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. I think just last night, um, I was documenting my Uber ride home with my 57-year-old Parisian Uber driver that was hitting on me very heavily. He said that my outfit was very sexy and I haven't, my outfits haven't been called sexy in a really long time. He also told me that I looked like I was 23 and I was like, okay, let me take my pants off right now. Um, If you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality TV tea, you should go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach to stay up to date with all the latest show news. Or you can join our private Facebook group by clicking the link in the description below. We're always spilling hot tea. We're swapping theories. We were like Team Monique, Team Candace. We were debating it uh, the other day. So get ready. Lots of fun stuff in that Facebook group. So just click that link below. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to have today's guest back on the show today because she always has hot takes and deep dives, which, I mean, coincidentally is the name of her podcast. Please welcome back Jess Rothschild. Hey, Zach. How are you? How you doing, boo? I'm good. I'm good. It's great to see you again. Mm -hmm. After my last appearance on your show, I fell into such a Zach Peter binge. Oh, no. Like, I just... I completely fell in love with you and I watch all of your videos. I love the video that you did. I told you, I DM'd you, the one of you, you were literally just like cooking dinner and you went on a whole, like, uh, you, you were having premonitions about like Denise and Sutton and the casting. I was like, I could watch, like, it was, it was so fun. You were literally making chicken and I loved it. It was like, and I did it too. It wasn't even intentional that I got on Instagram live that day. I was supposed to do an Instagram live the next day and they wanted me to use a new mic. Um, So when I, I was just testing it out and they wanted me to use an iPad instead of my phone. And so it was literally just to go and test the video and audio and make sure it all looked and sounded good. And then it just became a whole conversation about Denise and Garcelle and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then people were jumping into the conversation. I was like, this is fun. And then I posted it and people liked it. I love it. You're such a fucking pro. Seriously, I love it. Well, we have so many. So I have Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like, insider connections. So I 
can spill. Well, I'm not allowed to give it all, but I can give you a pretty good idea of what next season's confirmed cast is going to be. Please. So we have, because there have been rumors, there were rumors that came out over the past like week or so about Erica potentially leaving the franchise because she was offered a part-time role. All false. Erica, Rinna, Dorit, Kyle, and Garcelle are all coming back in a full-time capacity, and they're bringing in one new housewife. So there were a lot of names that I heard over the past several months, but I actually like the name that is 90% confirmed at this moment. And they're- Can I- so can you, you, what's the deal? You can't say the name, but I can I ask you a question? Can I ask sure. you a question? Sure. Is this an actress? No, it's actually not. So they didn't want to go in the direction of like a Eileen, Eileen, Rinna, Denise, Garcelle. They wanted to go with more of like a lesser known person. This is somebody that is in the industry, but it's not an actress or like a front and center person. Is this the wife of a movie or is this the wife of a studio exec? Possibly. Mm. She may be married to a big wig in a in the entertainment world. And you believe that the husband will approve of her going on the show? Oh, she's already like it's already a 90% deal. It, at this point it really just depends on how the housewife connects with the other women. I like this. And it's and, and I will say it's adding more diversity to the cast, which is what I think Bravo's really trying to focus on. And I like this direction. I actually am pretty excited about it. Oh, and then the two friends of for this season. Fuck, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say it. So Kathy Hilton is coming in. And she, as far as I'm aware, has signed a contract to be a very to have a very part time role because I know that was up in the air when the rumors first broke, which I actually knew and said before it even came out. Um, so that's how people know that I my tea is always right. And mm-hmm. then um, Sutton is coming back, but her diamond status is up in the air up in the air at the moment. She may come back as a friend of, or if she does well and meshes well with the other women, she has a good chance of actually getting a diamond this season. Okay. Now when you say Kathy Hilton is coming in as a friend, mm-hmm. I'd like a, 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 a listen, I, I want a definition of a friend. Are you talking about, she's going to be like a Faye Resnick, like, a Faye like Resnick. pop in and, Oh, so she, so basically what she's always done coming for, two scenes a season. That's not, I mean, but she hasn't really given any, like she hasn't really been part of the storylines. She's just done like really quick flyby scenes, but I, she's, she's willing to actually so like, this give is, a confessional. This is something? what I think happened. I think the Paris documentary came out. She realized it didn't make her look good. And so now she's going to use real housewives of Beverly Hills to kind of, um, rehab her image this could be good i think it could be good see i liked when kathy was first in the mix when her name was first brought into the mix because i heard rumors that she didn't like teddy and so her involvement in the show was probably going to stir up some stuff between kyle and teddy and then all of the stuff with all in came out and then teddy's reputation just got shot and bravo just decided to to axe her but teddy was actually pretty I like I was surprised based off of I think an outsider looking in that didn't have any ties to production 
would have like they would have expected her to get fired but from the conversations that i was hearing from different multiple people close to production teddy was pretty much a shoe in for the next season until all of the all in stuff started to break and then i think that kind of turned it in the opposite direction very interesting and i oh, would well- have loved to have seen that play out on the show like I would have, loved I, to have I feel seen like Teddy. she never would. I feel like she never would have given at you know she wouldn't have put her business in a negative light. I don't. I, I think this is smart. I like where we're at. We. Uh, I Teddy, like where we're at too. Yeah, it's good. So, are you excited for Beverly Hills after seeing this most recent season? I think this is the best season they had in a a, a few seasons. I totally agree with you. I am, listen, I am always excited for Beverly Hills, no matter what. It's, it is my, you know, probably my second favorite franchise. My, my three favorites are New York, Beverly Hills, and Potomac. And I guess, you know, Beverly Hills, you can swap in and out with Potomac, but I am always excited. It will always be up there as like must see. I'll never miss an episode. So really, no matter what, I am yeah, like this was a great season. At least like people were talking. Any season in which there's a, a divide among fans mm-hmm. and it creates like debate. You think Twitter. about, you know, if you think about uh, like Carol and Bethany, like anytime the fans like are have an allegiance to like one one group over the other, that's telling you that it's compelling. Yeah. No, I think, see, and the other thing is, I think the last best season we had was season five, which was Brandy Glanville season. I think Brandy Glanville is really one of the the key uh, ingredients in making the show work. Because after Brandy left, it was the Munchausen season, which was with Erica and Catherine. And that was okay. It wasn't bad. I thought it was a B-plus season. I wouldn't give it an A, but I thought it was a solid B-plus season. Um, The only reason I wouldn't give it an A is because I didn't think it was a fair fight, the fact that they were all coming at Yolanda and she was sick. And so I just thought it got a little dark in that sense. I mean, not that the other seasons haven't been dark, but I just didn't like that it was the whole gang up all against one and it was Yolanda and it was about her illness. Can I tell you from that season, I think it was, I guess, season six, season six yeah. Erica Jane's first season. It was like Rinna's second season, Erica yeah. Jane's first season. My favorite thing, like Barn, I rewatched these two episodes over and over again when they all go to the Hamptons and go to Bethany's house and yeah. Lisa Rinna gets the shits eating the food. I mean, that's what Gold. Beverly Hills should be. It's funny that like they had a New York scene when they were in New York because that's like a scene you would see on Real Housewives of New York. Completely. Which I think they need more of that that comedy aspect to it. So that way we can have a little mix of both. Yeah. I think it makes it fun. But I just don't think the women in Beverly Hills are nearly as funny as the women in New York. Yeah. But I'm excited for the direction that Beverly Hills is going in. I think some fresh blood will help things out. I think they needed Garcelle. I think they needed Sutton. I think they needed both of them to really kind of keep the show fresh. I don't think we needed Denise. I think this was Denise's last season that we really needed her on. She didn't bring much this season compared to the season prior. I totally agree. Wait, are you up on the, the casting for New York? No, the only thing I know about New York is that they're bringing in, um, God, what's her name? 
Bershon. Yes. Bershon Shaw. Yeah. She's a motivational speaker. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this. I, I guess they're not going with Alicia Quarles. I think, I don't think that that's really going to happen. Have they started production yet? No, I think I they heard, start. I think they're about to yeah, start. They're about to start. Cause I know Beverly Hills is about to start and they usually tape like a couple weeks apart. Yeah. Like the thing with Alicia Quarles, it's it's so funny because her name was the one that was in the mix for months. Yeah. And then meanwhile, this snuck up. It's like this was in front of you the whole time, this Brashawn Shaw. She is going to be the housewife. Alicia Quarles, I think, I wonder if she made the fatal mistake that um, Deirdre Ball made. Um, Anthony Scaramucci's wife because she talked yeah. to the to you know she talked and anyone with a brain knows if you're like in negotiations if you're potentially going to get a contract don't say anything shows, the minute you talk and say oh yes like I know the women but 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 you because your ego needs a boost of like a podcast interview goodbye yep they don't want you anymore yep and I will say the name for Beverly Hills of the woman that they're really looking to bring in is not a name that we've heard in the press yet. Because a few names have been thrown around there. Like we had, like we had Caitlyn Jenner, which like obviously Caitlyn started that fucking rumor herself. I'm like, yeah. Caitlyn, come on. Your team clearly put this out there the same way Tori Spelling did it last year. Yeah, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Um, and so I will say that it's a name because I know a lot of other names like Ali Landry, like people are throwing around a lot of other names for Beverly Hills. And I will say the person that they're, looking to bring in that isn't at this point, I think 90% confirmed is not a name that's been floating around in the press. It's a totally new one. Good. And I like it. I'll say that. I do hope that Sutton, I hope that Sutton can just work it out with the husband. Like what's the, it's like so annoying. Like I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her too, because at the same time, like I feel like other housewives have been able to get away with that without having to film the kids like Brandy didn't have to film her. I mean, she, I guess she did her first season where she was part-time, but like when she was a full-time housewife, we didn't see her with her kids. We didn't see Adrian Maloof with her kids. We didn't see Bethany with her kids. We didn't see like so many housewives have gotten away with not having to show their kids that I think we should give Sutton a pass here. Yeah, I agree. We don't need them. Who wants to watch her kids? The only time you want to watch their kids is when you want to kind of humanize them, which I know Teddy's even come out and she said that after she got fired, the writing was kind of on the wall. The fact that we didn't see as many scenes with her and her kids. And those are the scenes that kind of humanize you and and show a softer side of them as mothers. But like, I don't really care to see too many scenes with the kids. Nobody wants to watch scenes with the kids. Unless it's like a Kyle and Portia where like you had those fun scenes where like you see Portia and she was a bit of a brat or like Therese and Melania. Like those scenes make it the show like enjoyable and kind of fun. But I don't Mm -hmm. think we really need to dive into, you know, Amelia Gray's anorexia (laughs) or her trying to find a fucking apartment for 5,400 a month. I'm like, come on. I don't, it's not relatable. Thank you. Next. What are your thoughts on Potomac? Are you watching Potomac right now? Of course. It's the best it's the best franchise that's on, that's been on the air. It's it's amazing. I mean, I I don't know what else to say that hasn't already been said before. It's it's just total breath of fresh air. I love how they're showing Chris that producer. Um I mean, do you want to talk about the fight? 
let's talk about the fight. Because everyone's still pretty heated up about the fight. What are your are you are, do you have a side that you've picked in the fight? Yeah, listen, my sympathy is with Candace. I don't understand the people who love Monique. Like, did I miss the memo on Monique? Like, how she's so wonderful? Like, what did she do in the past? I think I didn't watch, like, the second season of the show. And maybe I missed, like, her first season. What did Monique do that that uh, captured the hearts of the fans? Can somebody break this down for me? So I didn't watch the first, what are we on, season four or five? Five. Five. So I didn't watch the first four seasons. This is the first season that I'm coming into Potomac. And it's only because everyone's like, you have to watch Potomac. So I was like, fine, I'll watch Potomac. But like for me, adding a new show is just like, (sighs) yeah, it's a lot of work to like commit to a whole new franchise. So I didn't see the first four seasons. So I'm just coming into it with where we're all at right now. Um, And based off of where we're at with Monique and Candace, I don't like either of them, to be honest. I like Giselle. I like Giselle. Yeah. I like, I kind of like Karen. There's something about Ashley Darby that I don't hate. I just hate her husband. You have to watch you. Okay. Here's my recommendation. I know about last season and all the drama with the producer and him groping and all of that stuff. I know what, I know the news that went down, but I didn't watch it play out on the show. I think if you have time and this is for like any listeners who they don't know where to begin with Potomac. Actually, you know what? I actually did an episode right when Potomac started this season. I did an episode with uh, Moni, mixing with Moni. Mm-hmm. She's a you know fellow Bra- uh, Bravo podcaster. And I said to her, like we were talking on the phone, I was like, here's my idea. I want to do an episode for, for all the people who don't know where to begin with Potomac, but they want to be able to enjoy this season and be clued in. So we did our top 10 episodes of Potomac and we recap and we're like, these are the episodes to watch to get you filled in. And they're just like the best ones across all four seasons. So you can go listen to that episode of my show, Hot Takes and Deep Dive. So that's number one. But beyond that, my recommendation is to watch seasons three and four. Okay. And then, and then you'll, it'll all make complete sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my interpretation of the fight as a newbie, kind of just witnessing what went down I also, I think I'm with you. I felt bad for Candace because I feel like Monique came into it. So I feel like there's just so much more history brewed in. And I know there's the the rumors with the trainer, but I just feel like there was so much more underlying that, that provoked that. Because I think her, I mean, I think even the flipping of the hair was making the first move. So I, I just think at the end of the day, I mean, okay, at the end of the day, these are two people who will never get along. And I, 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 I did a thing. I had my friend who's an astrologer and he actually like read their charts. And like mm-hmm. these are two people who just astrologically speaking, like if they were a couple, they, in order to make the relationship work, they would have to go to couples therapy just like fundamentally based on like the, their planets and like just their so- like certain aspects of their signs, like the specific astrological, you know, like once you dig into their charts, but I think, I, I mean, just like it, it, what Monique said was disgusting saying that Candace's mother should have hit her harder. Yeah, it was, it was really, it got really, it went really low. 
yeah, like it. I just feel like Monique is. Listen, if she, I would pick her to be on my team if I was about to like get into a fight. I guess I would want her as backup. Yeah, because <laughs> like she's gonna get scrappy, but. I mean, you're filming a television show. Get control of yourself. Like, have some self-awareness and self-control. There are cameras. Yeah. Like, it's a show. And she also had zero remorse for any of it. Like, oh, she wanted what... to keep fighting. And then even afterwards, when she's telling her husband, and he's just like, this is embarrassing. And she's just like, well, you know, she shouldn't have come at me. And it's just like... There's zero remorse for her for like what she did. And also they filmed this at least a year ago. And it seems like she's still mm-hmm. doubling down, which is sort of really fucked up. Um, wasn't it wild where she was talking about this fight while she was washing her daughter's hair? It's crazy because it's just like, I don't understand why. Like, I'm telling you, there has to be more than just the trainer or just like, like, I just don't understand. There has to be like deeper history between the two of them. So at the beginning, or I guess like maybe a few episodes ago, it was something about the fact that Sharice, who was a former cast member, apparently Monique didn't like that Candace was pursuing a friendship with Sharice. And I don't know. She thought that it was intentional to like, like it was like a, a it was a plot to like attack her or something but they filmed an entire season together like before Moni I don't I don't know somebody needs to break that down for me the whole Sharice thing but I agreed that nine times out of ten whatever we're watching like it's not about mm-hmm. whatever it is it's about something behind the scenes and normally they, I mean I, I would give it to Potomac to actually come forward and be honest about it maybe in the reunion they yeah. can like shed more light but I know I know that Monique is no longer going to be part of group scenes the rest of the season she doesn't go yeah. on the cast Portugal because they they never see each other again for the remainder yeah. of filming I mean they're gonna have to I bet they'll see each other at the, there she'll be at yeah the at the reunion sure. yeah the reunion I think be the first time. I think this is her last season Monique? Monique yeah it's not a good season to go out on no it's like Dorinda like Dorinda's last season was not was not her best and I think she went so hard because she expected to be able to come back next season and redeem herself. It reminds me of what happened to Phaedra. Mm. She flew too close to the sun. Yeah. And then it just it doesn't work. It doesn't. You have to always like, I don't know. Like, I think are were you one of the people that was upset that Ramona didn't get the axe this season? You know, I can go either way on Ramona. Ramona always has a way of, like, charming me back. I found her really totally annoying this season, but she has a way of, you know, I think I just don't care about Ramona. I don't care if she's there or not there. She's already, like, served her duty. Like, she's already given us 12 seasons. If we lost her, we're not going to lose something amazing that she's going to give us in season 13. Like, she's already given us the best of what she has. So... I don't care one way or another about her, I feel honestly. Like we can do without Ramona and we can like demote her to maybe a friend of. I feel like, like you said, like we've seen everything she has to give, you know? Wait, you want to hear my prediction for what is your prediction? Bjork? 
Tell me. This came to me two days ago. I was like literally doing nothing. And like this hit me. Oh, it hit me after Bethany's appearance on Watch What Happens Live. Did you see that? Where she confirmed that Dorinda was fired. Well, that was amazing. (laughs) And you saw Andy's face to then. He's like, oh, we we weren't really saying that. You just (laughs) said it. But thank you. (laughs) So you know how he said, you know, like, would you ever come back to to housewives? And she said, never say never. You know, she said you would have to clean, clear the deck. Here is my prediction. After next season or the following, like it may take two more cycles of seasons to get to this point. I predict they will say goodbye to Ramona, Luann, and Sonia. It's time. And I think they will keep, if Leah still wants to do it, she may not, she may be over it by that point. If Leah still wants to stay and she still. Leah will do it for another five seasons. I'll tell you that right now. I predict they would keep Leah and Bethany, well, I think it would be up to, I think at that point, Bethany would become a producer on the show. They would build the show around Bethany. She would probably give her blessing to keep Leah and she will bring Dorinda with her. Mm. And that will be the reinvention of the show and build. And Bethany will help cast the rest of the women. I think that's smart. I think Bethany can carry it because Bethany, I mean, Lover or hater, she always delivers every season and she delivers something new and she pushes the story forward. And like, like with Dorinda, I mean, uh, Luann is probably the only one of the three remaining originals, even though Sony is technically not an original. Um, but Luann of the three is the only one that's had a little bit of like an arc and a, and a, some growth. Whereas I think Sonia and Ramona have just been very one note and it's nothing new with them. It's exactly. Well, they don't, they don't bring story. They don't bring they plot. Don't bring story. The reason why, the reason why Bethany is the master of this and always will be is because she brought, well, I would argue, I argue she and Luann are the two greatest housewives that ever were because the two of them just, I, maybe yeah. it was fate. Maybe it was circumstantial in their lives, but whatever it is, the two of them, their lives offered so much plot yeah. and they were willing to share that with the show. And not only that, Bethany, at least, I mean, Luann's not a producer. She just like kept falling, falling into shit and like it all worked out great. Bethany understood how to utilize yeah. her life to create plot. Mm-hmm. And she did. And she that's why all. she's brilliant. And that's why she's brilliant. She gave everything that she could. You know, there was nothing, there was really no part of her life that she didn't put on the show that she wasn't legally constricted from putting on. And that was her, her divorce and her, her daughter. Those are the they only two have, things. They could, if she brings Dorinda back, they could, you know, cause she's mentioned she has a couple projects. She's thinking of Dorinda. Like she's, you know, apparently like Dorinda's agent right now. She could, they, a part of the show could be the two of them working together on a project like have it be about work like that's what it used to be in the early days at least it's interesting you know i think that's what she meant when she said that you would need to clear the deck and the and the show would need to be different and she even told andy she's like and i have an idea of what that needs to be 
And I think that's what the franchise overall needs. Like, I feel like we're, we've fallen into this rut of like, we know what to expect every season. And that's why my, my bar with expectation for Salt Lake City isn't very high because I'm like, we already know the formula. We already know this. It's really just a bunch of new girls playing the same game. And at this point, I don't know if I'm interested in the game anymore, you know? That's why it. That, I love how you said that. You, you articulated that so well. That is the reason why I just, like, okay, everyone's excited that they're filming New Jersey right now. Why? What is so compelling that it, tell me what's going to happen on Jersey. That's so goddamn compelling. Nothing. It's nothing new. It's the same girls doing the, there's nothing. I mean, we're going to see a little bit of maybe Jennifer battling COVID or talking about COVID cause she got it. We're going to see, um, Jackie upgrading her glam. We're going to see Teresa talking about her divorce and probably dating again. We're going to see Dolores doing who knows what, being a friend of Teresa's. We're going to see this new girl and the new girl is not going to bring much. She's going to, she's going to be spicy and she's probably going to throw a few zingers and she's going to fight with probably Margaret or something. But like, there's nothing that's going on in any of the women's lives at this point or anything that would really push the storyline of New Jersey anymore. Yeah. Especially I mean, I, I, I think the, what were you saying? I said, especially Melissa. I just, I forgot about her for a second. <laughs> I like Melissa, but I just don't think she brings much to the show. I wish they would cast somebody to like go back to the roots and like have it be more about family. That was why yeah. people were so in love with those early seasons of Jersey. It's because yeah. it, it it set itself apart because it was about family and fi- family dynamics are always super compelling because mm-hmm. the stakes are real. The stakes are high. Like I don't care about seeing them at the sh- at the Jersey Shore. Like why do I need that? No. Yeah, at the beginning when we had Caroline and Dina, and even though we didn't see much of their feud on camera, we liked to follow it through what we were able to see. Um, And then you have the Melissa, Teresa, Joe, and the christening, and the, you know, Vermont. And, like, you had just so many of those great family moments that, like, are real and relatable, but, like, still entertaining and dark enough to, like, really captivate the audience. And Jersey just doesn't have that. Melissa and Teresa aren't willing to fight anymore. When they do, it's fake. It just, it doesn't, like, at this point, they're playing their roles of liking each other. And then they play the role of, you know, of not liking each other. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't come off genuine anymore between them. Generally speaking, do you think the, do you think how the, the best days of Housewives are, like, long behind us? Yeah. Unless there's a reboot of Housewives. And I don't mean reboot as we just need to bring in six new women in the franchise. I don't think that's going to reboot it. Like everyone's saying like with OC, we just need to bring in six new women and that'll reboot the show. It's not going to reboot the show. Again, it's the same game, just different just different players and different players following the same rules doesn't make a better show. It just makes, you know, a new, uh, it just gives it a facelift and not even a Beverly Hills facelift, like a Jersey Shore facelift. And so we need, 
we need to mix up what those shows are and like what we film and how we do it. Because I think the old, like a table flip today just isn't going to, it's not going to have the the glimmer that it did back in season one of Jersey. Yeah. We need something different. I don't know what that is. I feel like if I think on it, I can probably send Andy Cohen some notes. But other than that, I don't really think... <laughs> I'm not excited for Jersey. I'm not excited for OC. I'm not excited. I'm not jumping for joy with Salt Lake City. They gave us a great trailer, but I'm not exactly jumping for joy. Yeah. Do you think Vanderpump Rules is going to come back? Because as of right now, it looks like it's it's 60-40 and it's actually possibly going to return. Or I guess the question is, do you think it should come back? Do I think it should come back? Mm, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary, but I think it would be compelling for sure, given what, given the firings and given the fact that there's just been so much upheaval. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it would be interesting, actually. If it came back, I think the only yeah. reason people would want to watch it come back is to watch how they address Stassi's firing. Yeah, I think that that should be a big part of it. Like, I think if which if I think is in- a little fucked up that they would use that without her. Like the fact that they're going to exploit her further. Because, I mean, look at the reality is Bravo knew about the stuff that she did for many seasons and they were complicit and they didn't. They didn't reprimand her when they should have. And the only reason they did it now is because they were trying to save their ass and not because they were genuinely trying to be part of any sort of solution because they've swept shit like this under the rug for many years. You know what I mean? Which is unfortunate. And I think it's more of the culture at Bravo that needed to change. And I think they made her an example. But the fact that they're going to continue to exploit that on the show for the ratings just goes to show you, which is what my prediction is. I think they're going to exploit it for the ratings. And I Mm -hmm. think that... That just goes to show that there really hasn't been much of a change within the network. Yeah. I think it, I think have it come back for one more season and let's just like see if it's interesting and then like formally end it. What do you think about this recent Lala Sheena beef? Oh, I mean. So to recap it, Sheena on her podcast says that Lala ditched her because now she has, you know, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. She has all these new celeb friends and she's friends with Britney and she's friends with Stassi. And so now that she's in with the other girls, with the popular girls, she's kind of ditched Sheena. And then Sheena claims that Lala wasn't there for her when she needed her, which is when she went through her miscarriage a couple months ago. And, you know, that's when Sheena really needed a friend. And instead, Lala ended up going out to dinner with her new celeb friends and couldn't be bothered by Sheena. And then Lala clapped back on Instagram Live and is like, well, first of all, this is all deflection because if you want to say I wasn't there for you, why was your man out playing golf, her new boyfriend, uh, Brock? She's like, he was out there playing golf right after you had a miscarriage. So don't try to, you know, project this onto me. You need to look in your relationship because that's really who should have been there for you. Well, I think it's really pathetic and sad that they're that that this is going on when one of like this these are very real circumstances like sheena had a miscarriage that is so devastating that must have been so incredibly devastating for sheena whether or not these other girls are pregnant or not it's irrelevant like for a woman a young woman to have to go through that and we know that she 
is interested in having a family. It's not like, oh, she just got pregnant. She's gone through the process of freezing her yeah. eggs twice. This is somebody who really does want to have a baby. Well, I, I would just even think argue that the circumstances are even higher because of the fact that Brittany, Lala, and Stassi are all pregnant, that like you see all of your friends conceiving for, and, 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 and having something that you want. And not that you... Um, not that you feel jealous, but like just seeing them reach that milestone and then for you to think that you get to join in this milestone with them and then to have that taken away from you. I think it's even more, you know, it, it, it cuts you even deeper. It makes me wonder why Lala and the other girls, unless Sheena is truly not in their life, although they seem to really have an affinity for her. I don't know why they wouldn't just like bring her in and like open their arms to her, considering what's going on, even if they aren't like they, they definitely respect her. They they agree, they have said publicly that she brings a ton to the show. I don't know why they wouldn't. It's strange. I don't know why they would uh, exclude her like that. But I feel like there's they something, just kind of there's always something we're have. missing. Yeah, there's something we're definitely missing because they've always really excluded her from stuff. Um, but I think I think Lala's in the wrong here. I think you need oh, yeah. to be there for your friend. Like my thing is it's like if I'm going to dinner, even if it is with fucking Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, if I'm going to if I'm going to dinner and my friend who just had a miscarriage calls me and is having a rough night, I would be like, I'll be there. Or let me show up for dinner for 10 minutes so I can make a face because my man needs me to because these are clients or whatever the case may be. You make an appearance and then you go and you you be there for your friend. Or even if she couldn't go, send a care package, send a Postmates package, like do something that shows that you're there for them. I think the Mm -hmm. biggest way to be there for them is time and your physical presence. Um, But I do think it's interesting that she called out Brock. Yeah, it's all very weird that they're making that all public. I don't know. It's really shitty. It's like this is pregnancy and miscarriage. It's like this is this is real, real stuff. It's it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate Brittany and Lala's um, pregnancies and not include Stassi since Stassi's so much in the mix with them. Mm -hmm. That I think I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if Bravo offered Stassi like a part time opportunity to kind of film a few scenes. I don't think that she should. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they would even do that. Because again, I don't think the culture of Bravo has ever changed. Mm-hmm. Agree. They can I think do they'll all find, they will panels. find, they were, there will be a way for Stassi to re-enter. She, I don't think she'll ever come back to Pump Rules. I think she's going to do her own thing. Do you think it'll be successful? Yes, I think she's going to be way more. I think if anything, Bravo did, again, whether I agree with this or not is besides the point. I think they did her a huge favor by firing her the way that they did because they basically gave her a much larger platform to build off of this. Like if anything, her fan base is ridiculously loyal now. Um, And I think, you know, with the steps that she's taking with her new crisis management team, like, look, you're still going to have that fraction of people that hate her, that think she's disgusting, that never want anything to do with her. But I think she has a a strong and loyal enough fan base that her, she's already talking about bringing back her podcast in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not really, I mean, I guess you're right. If they did bring back pump rules for a season, sure. 
I'll I guess it it, I get, the more I think about it, it's totally unnecessary. It's what? unnecessary. If, if, There's nothing more to give. It, yeah, if we're talking about, oh, bring it back for one more season. Like, why? I think the way that it ended, and maybe this was just the universe working its magic, I think the finale that we got was the perfect series finale. Yeah. Because it wrapped it up in a way that felt very final. That I was like, I, because it wasn't an amazing season, but it was a good enough season if that's how we want to tie up the storylines, you know, and let them sail off into the sunset. What do you think about Nene Leakes? She is coming hard at Bravo. I watched her full Tamron Hall interview this morning. How are you feeling about her and some of the accusations that she's made against the network? Well, I feel like she needs to make she needs to have a heart to heart with herself and figure out what is the goal? Is the yeah. goal to to get back on yeah. the show eventually or is the goal to burn every fucking bridge she ever had? What do, what do you want? Did you see the interview? Yeah. I watched the interview and like here's the thing, like there was a part of me, I would say like a 20% part of me that like wanted to feel for her, that wanted to be like I I want to understand where you're coming from because I feel like you're saying that there's this deep hurt that you have, but part of me feels like you're trying to exploit it and it doesn't really hurt you the way that you're saying that it does and I hate saying that, but I feel like just with the tweets and then to schedule an interview with Tamron Hall that I'm just like, I'm very skeptical about what she's trying to do. But that was the biggest question I I was asking in her interview was it's like, what do you hope to accomplish? You said you want fair treatment from the network, but what does that look like at this point? Because she said in her interview, she doesn't want to come back to, to, to Bravo, but she wants to be treated fairly. And I'm like, well, what does that look like? What is she, what is her what claims of how she's been treated been treated unfairly? What is she? What are she the won't specifics? Say. She's not saying. She says that there's so much you haven't seen behind the scenes, but I just haven't been treated fairly. It's discrimination. It's racism. It's you know she's throwing a lot of and I, you could even tell in Tamron's um, in Tamron's Hall's um, line of questioning that I feel like my interpretation of some of the questions and some of the tone that she was asking it with um Tamron was almost a little skeptical as well but like a little bothered by the fact that Nikki that uh sorry Nini was using racism and discrimination because I feel like right now those this is a really crucial time that like if you're gonna throw down that card then like you have to be serious about it because the world is willing to act on that. The world is engaged and charged, but you can't throw those cards down if you're not serious about it. And you can't throw those cards down because then you you dilute the argument of real discrimination and then you're just hurting so many other people just because you're trying to make a point. You know what I mean? Just because you feel scorned. It makes me think she is pissed because they never picked up any... Additional spinoffs that she pitched. And maybe she's confusing or conflating racism with favoritism that they have toward Candy. Yeah, because like because that's the thing is you can't say racism and discrimination if one, the cast that you're on 
is all black women. And two, like these, the other women on your cast have not been like, they don't have the same accusations. You know what I mean? They're not upset with the network. I think it's more of an ego thing that she's, and like, look, I don't want to diminish her experience. I can only go based off of what she's given us and what she's given us. There's no grounds for, and I want to hear her out. I want to, I have empathy for her because it seems like she's really hurt. And I want to believe that that hurt is real. But at the same time, you have all these other women on that same cast that don't feel this way, that haven't spoken out in support of her, that haven't spoken out agreeing with her or even been on her side as an ally in any of this, that it just makes me really question it. Yeah, I think it's rooted in egotism and ego. jealous and jealousy. Because the other thing is too, she said that she was the only o she was the only OG that they treated badly. And you can't even say that because Vicky Gumvelson was also treated in her head badly. And that was also an ego trip with with Vicky and Tamara. Um like, mm-hmm. I just think that housewives, they reach this level where it really does become about ego. And then you saw Tamara saying that, oh, well, it's just ageism. And so you see them throwing out these cards when it's like, well, no, it's not ageism. Because if you look at it, like Bravo is one of the few networks that continues to put women over 40 on, as leads on reality shows and not just as like the supporting wife role to the famous husband like Terry Bradshaw, but like an actual ensemble cast of older women and their lives going through life, building businesses, failed businesses, divorce. Like you see these women of a certain age really share their lives and we haven't seen anything. We haven't had that curtain pulled back until Bravo brought us a franchise like Real Housewives because before all we were getting mm-hmm. were these 22 year old girls trying to you know suck brett michael's dick (laughs) i feel for nini and i really hope that if there is any sort of discrimination or anything that does come to light and she's able to kind of heal from that and change the industry through that but again when you don't have any allies that are coming out and supporting you on an all all ensemble all you know female black cast like Real Housewives of Atlanta it just you know I it makes me skeptical the biggest demonstration of her egos when you know calling out Andy saying no one knew Knew you you. till you knew till you knew me okay uh sweetie no Bethany Frankel and Teresa put him on the map Mm -hmm. housewives put him on the map and they were Four full franchises before Atlanta came along, or at least three. And like, look, you can say she was part of the puzzle, but she wasn't the one that did it. It was like, who was, was it Vicky or was it Ramona? One of them claimed that, one of them made that claim that like they brought, I think it was probably, it was either Ramona or Vicky because they were, those were the two shows that were on the air first. And then that's when you saw Joe Judice come out on the Teresa and Joe yes. Unlocked special. And he was like, nobody knew what this housewives thing was before us, Andy. So they all think, and and the, the reality is, is they're all right. But the thing is, it's a formula. It's a puzzle that they all played a role in. And they need to acknowledge that. And they need to acknowledge the fact that, yes, they were the ones that helped elevate that franchise. But... Andy Cohen was the one who created the concept that gave them a platform. Like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Completely. Are there any other Bravo shows that you're, like, super obsessed with? I mean, I guess there's not really much on the air. 
at the moment. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I love Summer House. So like, I'm oh, excited that House. that's done. I'm excited that's done filming. Excited for that to come back. Ooh, I have what little, else? I, have I guess tea. I'll have to sit. What? I said I have a little tea that I'll share with you when we stop taping. Ooh, okay. Um, I did watch that Bravo's chat room. Is it mm, good? I don't. Hmm? I didn't hear good things about it. Is it good? No, it's a fucking clip show. Oh, is it them just recapping clips from the week? Yes. We've I was already, like, I, I don't, I don't need this. We've already seen that. And it's already like, it's a, it's a 2007 model of the soup and best week ever. And like, those were cute back in 2007, but we're in like, like they, they shaded Stassi in the ta- the Tamron hall thing, but guess what? 4,000 podcasters got to it before you did. Yeah. And the thing is like, I think. Stassi has a smart team. I Well, actually, more than Stassi's smart team, I think the best thing that ever happened to her was she was pregnant when she got fired. Completely. Like, it, it humanizes her. It turns her. It Like, she's she's going to, again, whether you agree with it or not, it's going to do, she's, she's going to be fine. I'm not worried about Stassi's paycheck. She's going to get another book deal. She already has her podcast coming back. Like, she's going to be fine. <laughs> and any, look, fi- any final thoughts? <laughs> I'm excited for the rest of the season of Potomac because the mid-season trailer yeah. looks really juicy. I'm mildly excited about, um, what is it? Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yep, see, you're reading my mind. And then, I mean, I'm neither here nor, I'm not like wildly excited about OC. I'm open to seeing what it what we get. I don't think, it's funny, I had Grant Rudder who, um, has his own podcast and he was on this show a few weeks ago and he was talking about how the issue with OC is that Kelly Dodd has really kind of hijacked the show. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Like when you have, and when you have one person that hijacks the show, it just doesn't make the show that much more enjoyable. And I know right now there are rumors swirling. And again, I don't know how true this is because I remember hearing these rumors about Beverly Hills and Brandy Glanville that they were trying to, that they're currently trying to edit Kelly Dodd's involvement in this season. They're trying to reduce her role and edit her out as much as they can. I don't think that those rumors are true. I don't know why they pushed it back. It's probably a delay in confessionals or whatever it is. It's probably a production thing, but I'm not wildly excited about it. I'll give it a try just to see how different it is without the Trace Amigas. But I am excited about Summer House. I'll say that. Can I tell? Can I tell you a secret? Tell I me. have not seen a frame of OC. What do you mean? I mean, I the know who season? Vicky is. I, oh, you never watched Vicky... it? No. Oh my gosh! It just seems like trash. Like I don't want to watch blonde, straight white trash. Is that like, is that what it is? So, well, I've never really consistently watched it. Last season was the first season that I started to watch it. And it was really only watching clips. I would watch those um, on YouTube. They have um, like five to eight minute videos that recap the episode and that show the major scenes from that episode. So that was the only time I ever really watched OC. I've never really been invested in it. The only shows I've ever invested in are New York, New Jersey and Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Now I've subscribed to Potomac. Now I'm going to subscribe to OC. But again, like these shows, like you really have to hook me in order. Like it's a big commitment to to, yeah. to, to watch these shows every week and to dissect them and to watch. Like it just, I really need to be committed. And I, 
haven't been compelled with OC. Because like you said, yeah. it's just a bunch of older white women that don't deliver very much. What's interesting, so I used to love Dallas. I loved season mm. two and three of Were Dallas. Were you sad to see Leanne go? Yeah, I, I mean, I, what she did was abhorrent. Mm-hmm. And obviously she should have been fired. But along with that, they should have just ended the show. She carried that show. Like, I, I don't want to watch anybody else on that show. No, it's without funny. Her. When I had her on this show, that's what she said. She's like, look at the the past four seasons, the major storylines, the gifts, everything that you of know course. about Dallas. She's like, it's all me. She's like, I don't know what they're going to do with that show without me. Yeah, agree. I can't believe they didn't just ax it. What's the point? I think they think that they can... It's like getting rid of Teresa on New Jersey. But what's the point of continuing Real Housewives of Dallas? It ha- it doesn't get ratings. They could have just saved that entire budget and fucking got Bethany back on New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also like like Miami. Like there was like they canceled that because it didn't hit the ratings. That I don't. You're right. I don't know why they are keeping up with Dallas. Very weird. Probably because they're going to, I think they're going to ride the coattails off of all of the Brandy stuff with the video that she released. And they're going to try to tie that into the conversation and hopefully get some ratings based off of that. Yeah, but nobody cares. Nobody cares about Deandra and Brandy. Nobody, these are people, these are like F list housewives. Nobody cares. I agree. Nobody cares unless you live in Dallas and it's cool to see them out. I guess. At a fundraiser. (laughs) Oh, that was a, those were a lot of closing thoughts. But thank you, Jess, for calling in and chatting with me again. I'm so excited to, to have you back on the show for our Monday pop culture recaps. How I loved it. is your podcast doing and where can everybody go and listen to it? It's doing well. You guys can listen to it um, anywhere you're listening to Zach. Um, it's called Hot Takes and Deep Dives. And you, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's JessXNYC. I love it. Thank yeah. you, JessXNYC. Thank you. Guys, this Wednesday we have Matthew Hoffman from Love Island. He's going to be on the show. So send me your questions for him right now so that I can ask him. I'm going to ask him. Well, I hope I, well, fuck it. I'm just going to ask him. I'm going to ask him about the porn star this season. I'm going to ask him about the guy that had a fiance. I'm going to ask him everything. So send me all of your tea, all of your theories, all of your questions. Matthew's going to be on the show this Wednesday. So get ready. Lots more guests to come. Um, We also on the adulting podcast this week is our we have our biggest episode we brought on two conservatives two liberals and we're having a full 90 minute candid convo about america baby we're going to talk about all the important issues to hopefully get you fired up and ready to go vote next month so get ready it's going to be a heated discussion i'm telling you that right now get your popcorn and your wine ready Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach. You can follow the show at No Filter with Zach. And you can listen to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter on all podcast platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google. I don't even know. Is, is Stitcher still? I guess they're all still a thing. Everything but fucking Luminary. But like nobody thought Luminary was ever going to last. You can also watch full unfiltered interviews on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Just Plain Zach. And now on Roku. So if you have a Roku device, you can go and type in my name, Zach Peter. And you will have a channel that'll come up and you can watch all of our unfiltered interviews there. They're all available for you. You can 
drink your wine, your dry farm wines, your hangover free wine, and eat that popcorn and just like salivate over the tea that gets spilled. I'm still like salivating over my Megan Hauserman interview. Jess, one more time, where can people listen to your podcast and follow you on the social meets? Yes, hot takes and deep dives and JessXNYC on Insta. There we go. All right. Please leave me a five-star review because I'm a millennial. I bleached my hair. I love validation. So please go and show me some love. All right, guys. I will see you or I will talk to you this Wednesday. Bye.